0: The Glowing Older Podcast is brought to you by Salt Chamber, the pioneer and leader in salt therapy, bringing flexible respiratory wellness solutions to senior living communities and home care environments.
1: Hello and welcome to the Glowing Older Podcast, where we interview experts on innovation in senior living and the business of aging well. I'm your host, Nancy Griffin. And I could not be more pleased to be here today with the man of senior living and wellness, Colin Milner, the founder and CEO of the International Council on Active Aging. Welcome to the program, Colin.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me back, Nancy. I'm really looking forward to her conversation as I did last time.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, you are on season one and season two, and I'm so excited that I'm a little bit more knowledgeable uh, here in season 10 to be able to go a little bit deeper in asking you some questions, um, hard questions about the industry. But before we get into that, for the listeners that don't know about your background, tell us a bit about the past, uh, what, few decades?
0: Well, two decades. Wow. That that makes me... uh... Think how quickly time flies by, and uh, over those two decades, uh, I've I've been the CEO of the International Council in Active Aging, which is a passion of mine uh, to change the way we age. And uh, during that time, we've had the the pleasure of uh, being not only in our uh, mind leading and connecting and uh, you know directing the active aging industry in North America, but also participating at a global level with groups like the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, the and then locally with the National Institute in Aging, the uh, Department of Human Services. Anything that has abbreviations, we seem to have been involved with. And really, uh, our our goal is very simple, Nancy, and that is, uh, as I said, to help change the way we age. And we all need to work together to make that happen. We, and none of us can do that individually.
1: And you, uh, you know, you were obviously the first to talk about wellness for older adults, and um, found uh, your consumer facing effort and. All these, uh, all the research that you've done, um, and one of ICAA's biggest accomplishments has been um, the pillars of wellness. So, tell us about that. Where are you today, and what is that versus the quote personal, customized approach?
0: So, I, I think
1: no, ma- no matter whose
0: model of wellness you look at, and there are uh, multiple models of wellness out in the, uh, if we could say the market today. Uh, they all have one thing in common, and that is at the end of the day, we're all trying to help people to live better longer. The ICAA's definition is basically that wellness is derived from our ability to understand, which is extremely important because you know if you don't understand uh, and accept and act upon our capacity and our identity to lead a purpose-filled and engaged life, how can we do it? Uh, And by doing so, that we can embrace our potential within all areas of life to pursue and optimize life's possibilities. So uh, when we look at all of those areas, ICAA has seven different pillars, as you said, or dimensions, and that is the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, intellectual, social, environmental, and vocational. Because as an individual, we are multi dimensional and we need to focus on multi dimensional solutions.
1: Exactly. And frankly you know whether you're talking about pillars or whether you're talking about the person centered you know which is the the big buzzword in the industry right now it's really all the same because it's it, the pillars are customized for each individual right
0: <laughs> it, 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 it you know the reality is and one of my uh, new pet peeves i guess you could say is the the comments out there right now that uh, the current models of wellness aren't person-centered. And I would completely dispute that because almost every single model of wellness that I have ever looked at is all about the person. It right. is highly personal cent- or person-centered. What may not be person-centered is the way in some organizations deliver that model. But wellness, as we know it, is highly person-centered.
1: Exactly. And you and I have joked before that it's sort of like, you know, eight-minute abs versus seven-minute abs, (laughs) the conversation.
0: Or it's like restaurants. You walk down the street, you know, all restaurants deliver food. They deliver an experience. And it's up to you which one you go to for that experience and the kind of food that you want. But at the end of the day, your stomach's full.
1: <laughs> yes, 100%. There's just different way. And there's that by nature, wellness being multidimensional, there are so many ways to integrate the various pillars or dimensions, as you will, that that um, are, are unique to each individual. So I agree with you on that one. And part of your research, uh, and I want you to get into the 2022 ICAA State of the Wellness industry study um, now but tell us some of the findings because you're certainly seeing that wellness is becoming uh, I don't want to say buzzword but it's certainly becoming more of a focus
0: wellness isn't a, a buzzword or a focus anymore wellness is a priority in in our research we showed that 81 percent of the 459 respondents now see wellness as a high, or essential priority. So what does that actually mean? That means a change is happening. And when we look at that change, we see that 61% of senior living communities, compared to 59% in 2018, when we first asked the question, see themselves by 2025 of moving their model from a care-based organization with wellness to a wellness-based organization with care. Now, we are already seeing that happening. 53% of respondents believe that they have a culture of wellness where it is permeated all throughout the organization and not just within the wellness center itself. So what we see is a significant shift taking place. There are always people who will say, but that's not happening in these groups or what. The reality is of the 459 people that represent uh, or that were respondents to the survey, that is what is happening within that group. If we uh, look at that across the industry uh, as an indicator, yes, there is a shift taking place. The question is, are you embracing that shift or not?
1: And the respondents from your study are members, is that correct, or the industry at large?
0: They are ICAA members. Uh, they and by the way, our members are are also members of places like Argentum and Leading Age and and so forth. They aren't exclusive to ICA ICAA. What they do is they come to ICAA for their wellness information, their wellness tools, their uh, wellness inspiration. Should we call it
1: exactly? And and I'm sure over the past twenty years that the percentage of the industry that comes to you for that resource has gotten larger as the interest in wellness has grown, correct?
0: Well, it it has. And when I first started, the whole definition of wellness was donated equipment in a small little room in the back of a community that uh, had no um no leader in that area. Matter of fact, it, uh, it reminded me of the state-of-the-art fitness equipment in hotels that were really not state-of-the-art. <laughs> uh, so a lot has changed. Now we see uh, close to 40% of uh, our respondents to past surveys that have standalone wellness centers on their properties. Significant shift.
1: So Colin, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of the study.
0: So they can go to the ICAA website and look uh, under our report section, which is right up top in the uh, navigation bar. It says research. And then if you scroll over research, uh, you just click on reports and uh, then you just look at how to access it.
1: Excellent. So one of the other uh, resources uh, that you provide is a high-level think tank. um, And you recently participated in one in D.C. So can you tell us who attended and um, what were the key topics and takeaways?
0: Yeah, so uh, thank you for bringing that up because we do that twice a year. And they really are excellent, as you said, think tanks. But not only that, they're also excellent opportunities to just meet with uh, your peers, and your peers in in this instance, are, are a group of invited thought leaders who represent some of the largest multi-location operators in senior living. And this time, we came together to look at how to fund a new model of wellness within senior living. And uh, that forty-three percent of our respondents in our survey. Uh, stated that funding was a challenge, and that has been consistent, by the way, over the years. That's not just during COVID-19, and part of that is because of commitment. Uh, If you're not committed to wellness, you're not going to find funding for wellness. Uh, So, we put together this work group to look at where does the funding actually come from, and what are the KPIs around wellness so we know that uh, some of the kpis uh, are uh, do we actually attract uh, a potentially younger healthier resident uh, or residents in general uh do we keep residents at our community longer because they are healthier because they're more engaged because they're more satisfied with what is actually happening do we reduce the cost of marketing because we don't have to spend as much because we are we are retaining our residents longer so the, you know those are the kind of things that we were looking at and also do we rely on the government for funding and Nora Super who was um one of our panelists and who is the executive director at the Milken Institute on Aging. um, You know, one of the things that she said that I think was front and center in my own mind, and that is you can't rely on the government. You need to figure out ways to to do it, whether it is partnering with groups like HMOs, whether it is private funding, whether it's uh, uh, re-looking at your investor model, but the, the the government is all about the election cycles and trying to get them to actually step up and fund things will be extremely difficult.
1: So true, and I love Nora. She was on a couple seasons ago. She is a she's a dynamo. So um, that must have been a great great um, think tank. And are you going to offer some of the key takeaways in in a, an article or how, how a How can some people find out about more about the takeaways?
0: So uh, we will offer it in a uh, framework um, report, which people will be able to use to uh, navigate uh, where to find funding. Number one, uh, what people are looking for when it comes to actually funding from a uh, investor standpoint. From an operational standpoint. Uh, and also, we, that report will include uh, the KPIs. It will also include what was a really exciting part of the whole um, meeting, and that is what does it really take to go all in? You know, there's a lot of people talking about wellness, but I would, if I was a betting man, I would say that there is a percentage that it isn't hyperbole, but it isn't a full commitment to wellness. So what does it actually take to go all in? What do you have to change in regards to your policies, your built environment, your uh, upskilling of staff, your staff training, your policy, you know, as I mentioned, your your policies, uh, you know, all of these different areas, your programs, uh, your your marketing, your sales efforts, uh, all of that, what needs to actually change to go all in?
1: I love that. And so part of being a member of ICAA is access to the Journal of Active Aging, which is your publication, and some access to this research and best practices, correct?
0: Absolutely. It- You know, you you have um, direction. That's what you get when you are part of ICAA. And that direction comes in the forms of the latest research, industry research, scientific research. It comes in the forms of best practices. It comes in the forms of, um, you know, trends, all of that. And then we support that to where our members also are able to uh, create a consistent language throughout their organizations by having access to our Foundation for Wellness course that is now all built into the membership. And in the next few months, Nancy, we're really excited because we'll be launching two new tools that people will be able to use. One is uh, a wellness audit tool that they will be able to audit their communities to see exactly where they are. And over a period of time, they'll be able to compare that audit against industry numbers to see if they are ahead or behind the curve. And uh, we will announce uh, in the next week or so uh, that we have partnered with Thrive Well uh, to actually create um, or recreate uh, ICAA industry wellness benchmarks
1: wow, that is really exciting and um what I love too about the ICA membership is there's different ways to become a member, including individuals right and and um of course you have a lot of corporate including that position of uh I think there's many many names for it but from activity director to engagement director to uh what lifestyle director, et cetera but that that's a key target right that corporate position that's becoming more and more of a important C-level role?
0: Well, it, to me, if the commitment doesn't start at the top, you're going to have a very uh, rough go of it because people are always going to be looking at the bottom line, the bottom line, and not understanding why they are doing all of this, not understanding the commitment that needs to be made to shift their model. So yeah, at the corporate level and at the top of that corporate level, It needs to start. That's one of the reasons why this year for the very first time, uh, our Beacon Awards will be recognizing uh, the top five wellness CEOs in the industry to hopefully give incentive for people to rise to that level and also to also have mentors to follow.
1: That is such a great segue into my next question, because we've had many conversations about this, uh, about the complementary therapies like massage, acupuncture, salt therapy, that are real core elements of um, of helping people with their health um, and that they're relatively absent from senior living. Um, so talk to me about that. What What's the issue here?
0: I think the issue is knowledge. The issue is understanding. And that's really our role is to try and bring that knowledge. There's so many different topics to cover when you're talking about healthy aging. Uh, I know that the last time I looked at it, we had covered close to a hundred different topics. So, Uh, number one is to cover those topics and then to repeat those over time so that they penetrate people's minds is is part of the challenge across the industry i think what the industry needs to uh, be better at is to reflect what is happening in society and what People in society uh, are looking for, and there is no question that people outside of senior living communities are looking for solutions of how to live well. And uh, as you mentioned, things like uh, massage therapy, uh, things like yoga, things like Reiki, things you know, things that aren't your typical offering in some senior living communities uh, should be.
1: Exactly. And I, I feel like like you were saying, uh, along the same lines of the edu- education component is that the research and the benefits be um, validated, because I think there's a lot of woohoo kind of stuff out there that discredits the, the real scientifically validated therapeutic modalities.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, as much as I like her as a movie star, I think, uh, you know, the whole Gwyneth Paltrow goop thing, um, you know, maybe didn't really do a lot for the wellness movement. And mm-hmm. it, what what I unfortunately see in the media sometimes, whether it's Wall Street Journal, New York Times, is, oh, how wellness is... Um, it it is not really wellness. And I think it's not that wellness isn't wellness. It's that some of the things that people are touting as wellness are not, and that they have caught the attention of the mass media and the person writing the article hasn't actually done their research of what wellness actually is.
1: Yeah. When it gets into that snake oil realm, it's really easy to bash and And a lot of that happens. And then people like my 80-year-old mother go, wow, that's what I wouldn't get. (laughs) And you're, I
0: I can rub (laughs) copper against me and I'm going to live forever.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, you know, you've been promoting active aging and wellness um, to uh, older adults Um, in in consumer facing efforts. You were really the first to bring that out. And I think it's one of the reasons that you have become the go-to Resource for active aging globally. So, tell us a little bit about some of your consumer-facing efforts.
0: So, I think the biggest consumer-facing effort that we have is called Active Aging Week, and that happens every year. We have about thirty-five hundred organizations that participate, and right now it's in about eight countries, uh, and we're very excited about that. <coughs> Excuse me, about that. And the goal of that is to change the dialogue around aging. When we first, and this is our 20th year, by the way, of Active Aging Week. Wow. Yeah. And what is very exciting about that, Nancy, is that when we first started, the dialogue was all about that older adults were a burden to society and the reports that were coming out were all one-sided, as was the media attention. And we felt that we really needed to do something on the consumer side of things to try and change that. We have, you know, somewhere around 600,000 people uh, prior to COVID-19 that participate in Active Aging Week when you extrapolate the numbers across the 3,500 organizations. So it's, it's a very exciting time to come together to celebrate the capabilities and the contributions of older adults. And of course, over that 20 years, the conversation has become a lot more balanced, a lot more realistic. We now look at, uh, in general, uh, at older adults as contributors to society instead of people that are constantly in need of assistance and uh, become a burden. The reports are now much more balanced where we look at the opportunity and the challenges of an aging population. And the dialogue in the media has flipped to become a lot more positive than it used to be. So things are changing, but we still have a long way to go And the organizations that participate in Active Aging Week are as diverse as the population itself, whether it is cities, whether it is universities, whether it is suppliers, whether it is senior living communities, fitness clubs, YMCAs, Jewish community centers, we have them all that participate, which is very exciting.
1: Oh, well, when is it this year?
0: This year, it is October 3rd to the 9th.
1: Excellent. And they can just go to your website to find out how to participate. So
0: They can, or they can go to activeagingweek.com. And uh, you can register as a host site, download a variety of different free tools that you can use to promote it. And the exciting part about it, Nancy, is that people can do whatever they want. We have people that do health fairs. They take residents or members zip lining, flying, uh, you know, water skiing or simply walking.
1: Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a really important consumer event. So, uh, this October don't miss it. So Colin, what gets you most excited these days?
0: I think the change that is happening. We have been at this for a long time, and it, it, it has been like uh, you know the, the the people that used to pull those big huge stones to uh, you know make the buildings in Egypt years ago. It has been a rough go at the very start because you know you're 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 changing a culture, you're changing an industry, you're changing the way that people think about aging in general, but it's happened. And it is happening. And what we see today are uh, companies like McKinsey and company Deloitte, and all of these global consulting uh, groups that are coming out saying that aging or wellness is booming. Well, no kidding. Um, The reality is, is that people want Now that they know that they can live longer, they want to now figure out how to make those years better. And that is where wellness comes in.
1: Exactly. Well, those are perfect words to end our talk today. Thank you so much for being with us, Colin.
0: It's my pleasure. And thank you for having me, Nancy. You've been listening to the Glowing Older Podcast.